thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, happy new year for the third time this morning. Uh, it's great to be here. Have you had a good Christmas? Yeah, good, good. Um, who came to New Year's Eve party here? Was it good? Good time? Yeah, saw some good pictures. Uh, very good. Well, uh, for the next two weeks, uh, we're back to finish our series on Love Is. So if you've not been with us for the whole of the rest of the series, um, we were trying to be creative. There's still time to be creative. In fact, I've not had any pictures over the holidays of anyone being creative. Just because we're not doing a series doesn't mean you have to stop. All right? Okay? It's good to live it out there. It's good to get the message out of what we're doing as church and what you're doing as an individual. But let's read the verses because we've not read them for a while. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8 say this. Read it with me. Okay? Love... Oh, that's not it. (laughs) That's the other bit. There we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, we've gone through all these qualities already, if you like, up to a point, and we've had a lot of negative ones, haven't we? Love is not, love is not. And then we come to some really, really positive ones. In fact, there's a word there every time that's preceded by the word always. And as Theresa May would say if she was giving the sermon this morning, always means always, okay? Always is always, no exceptions, forever, always. But um, this morning we're looking at love is protective, love is trusting, and hoping and persevering. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever felt you were overprotected as a child? Anyone feel their parents were ever overprotective of them? You know, any girls particularly think their dad was a bit overprotective maybe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, got a few pictures just to show you, uh, because it's only looking back that you realize the importance of trying to protect your children. And uh, the first picture here, uh, dads with daughters become famously overprotective. You might not notice on this picture, but there is a couple, there is a couple posing for their prom night, a photo in front of the garage. If you look really carefully, daddy's looking through the window with a real scowl on his face making sure there's no funny business going on because dad is making sure his daughter is protected. He is making sure he's watching out for her. And if you look at the photo, his face is really scowling. So he's not very happy. Or maybe there was the dad who told his daughter's boyfriend that anything you do with my daughter, I'm going to do with you. And there you go. 
So uh, his daughter posed for a photograph with her boyfriend, and he posed for a photograph with her boyfriend too, because he said, whatever you do, I'm going to protect my daughter. I'm looking out for my daughter. Or there's a following sign in a house that said this, rules for dating my daughter. Chloe's not here this morning. I can say all this quite freely. Um, you better get a job. If you lie to me, I will find out. I can make you go away. Understand I don't like you. <laughs> I'm everywhere. That's a bit of a scary passive-aggressive one, isn't it? You hurt her, I hurt you. I haven't got this in my house, can I just say. It's, this isn't love. Um, whatever you do to her, I will do to you. And finally, I'm not afraid of prison. Okay. <laughs> and the final one, extreme measure, Steve, you might want this one. Okay. Here is an application form to date your daughter. And it includes three referees uh, at the bottom. And uh, special notice, if accepted, there will be a $50 deposit when you pick up my daughter. And if you come home one minute late, the deposit will be forfeited. You know, <laughs> if you really want to talk protection, then actually this is protection. This is protection. An application form to date my daughter. In 50 words or less, describe what late means to you. You know, <laughs> do you drive a van? There's another one. Do you drive a van? What is my daughter's name? Who beside God should you fear the most? So that's another question as well, isn't it? You know, because it's got to be dad. Protection. That isn't very loving though, is it? Number four is good. Where would you least like to be shot? Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Family information, number of, t number of times you've gone to church. Number five. number five. Okay, you can all pick your favorites. Find out on the internet. Which is the last bone you want to be broken? What do you want to be, what do you want to be if you grow up is another one. There's protective and overprotective. In fact, that's unhinged really, isn't it? It's unhinged. But I know Steve's going away to photocopy those later on. That's right, isn't it? You know, so sorry, Tasha. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But anyway... This morning, we're going to look at these four positives, not just the fact that it's overprotective. God protects, and there's a word there, and I want to keep you awake this morning, because I know sometimes some of you struggle with that. I look out, and you look like you're either, you know, something's happened to you medically within the service, or you've just switched off a little bit, because I want you to concentrate, but I also want you to, I want you to actually demonstrate perseverance this morning. I want you to demonstrate it. So whenever I say love this morning, I want you to follow it up with the word always, okay? So should we try it, okay? Love, that's some of you, some of you have already not started, okay? Love perseveres. It perseveres. Yeah, it does. Well done, Jeff. There was a couple of you, Jackie, I think you got in there as well. Love protects. Love trusts. Love Hopes, love, always. perseveres. So you're with me. So whenever I say that word, I want to hear always, okay? Because it demonstrates perseverance. And that's what you're going to demonstrate. Because if you can't persevere for 25 minutes this morning, then you're not going to persevere for the rest of your life, are you? So let's try it here. Okay, always means always. It's never not there. That's a double negative. That's a good piece of language to start off with. It's something you can't escape from. If it's always, it doesn't take holidays. It doesn't take a break. Always is there. It's there. Always means always. It doesn't have a rest from being. Love always. protects. When Chloe was ill for three years or so, part of me wished I could be ill instead. Because as a dad, I wanted to take that on me. Now, if you'd have then given it me, I'd have probably said, no, give it a back. But actually, love always... Oh, you were too slow. Love always protects. And I wanted to protect my daughter. I wanted her to have the freedom 
you know, we want to wrap our children up in bubble wrap sometimes, don't we? Some of you might have already done that, but uh, it doesn't work. Because when you wrap something in bubble wrap, guess what? When you take the bubble wrap off, it's still fragile. Yeah? You wrap an ornament up in bubble wrap to protect it, you take the bubble wrap off, it's still fragile. And actually, love doesn't keep there. Love doesn't keep... Come on. You've got to be on your toes this morning. It doesn't keep things fragile. It helps things to grow stronger because love protects. It's only when you fall off a bike that you learn to ride it properly. Yeah? It's only when you scrape your knees that you learn to do something else. Chloe handed an assignment before Christmas and went over the word count. She won't do it again because she lost 10%. She still passed. She was very pleased with herself. But she learned from that lesson. Because when we learn, we grow stronger. You know, the word protects here is literally translated covers. So love covers. It always covers. It covers for you and me. It covers over our sin in Jesus' case. Love covers. Some of you are getting really fed up with this already. Persevere. Come on, persevere. It covers over a multitude of sins. And I want to read a story from Exodus. The story of Moses as a baby perfectly illustrates all four of these qualities of love, protecting, hoping, persevering, and trusting. Because with protection, I believe there's got to be trust. It's no good being an overprotective parent. We need to protect and trust. We need to protect and do what we can, and we need to trust. And as individuals in the church, as we look after one another, we've got to protect, but we've got to trust. We trust God, and we protect ourselves sometimes. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, tells us the story of Moses as a baby. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. They had great genes. Anyway, no, that's not in there. And she became pregnant and gave... Sorry, Jeff, that won't be in your old to new, will it? No, that's okay. Um, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. That's interesting, isn't it? If you don't know any background here at this moment in time, she gave birth and saw that he was a fine son and hid him for three months. Doesn't make any sense, does it? But the background is this. The Egyptians, under Pharaoh's rule, were killing Israel's baby boys. Pharaoh demanded that the boys were killed at birth to control the population because the Israelites were growing in number, they were growing in influence. Even though they were slaves, it seemed they were taking over. And so Pharaoh, the ruler, said, right, no more. When somebody has a baby boy, midwives, you need to kill that baby boy. Drown them in the river. Throw them in the Nile. If it's a girl, it's okay. But we need to get rid of the boys. We need to stamp this out. We need to stop this growth. And there are some people today in today's society who would say the same about people coming into our country, aren't they? Not necessarily in such harsh words, but there's a hatred about. But the Bible tells me that love always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. And so Egypt was doing this incredible, uh, horrendous genocide. Pharaoh was wanting to exert his power. But if you read chapter 1, it says the midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. These weren't Israelite midwives. These weren't God's people. These were the Egyptians, and they feared God more than they feared man. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was so true in society today? If people in Barrow said, I fear God more than any ruler. Not in a case of I'm terrified of God, but knowing that we respect him because God is in control. And that is trust, isn't it? Love 
always trust. Some of you have already thought, some of you, you know, says in the Bible about going to sleep. You know, that, that means dying, so let's not do that this morning, okay? That's not a threat, okay? <laughs> going on from verse 3. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Moses' mum was protective because she loved, loved, it's okay, uh, loved, loved, got a D on the end. She loved her son. She always loved her son. I've started something I wish I could put back in the box now. Keep going, keep going, it's good, it shows you're listening. She did that word to her son, and she wanted to protect him. You know, Natalie came in this morning with, with a little baby, um, Rory, and I didn't know there was a baby there because he was in his pram, and the cover was totally over. You couldn't see the baby because she was protecting him from the noise. She was protecting him from the weather. She was making sure he stayed asleep, that he was safe, that he was secure, that he was happy. Moses' mum here does all that she can to protect Moses. She does all that she can to ensure that she protects her son. She puts him in this basket. You know, the basket in this passage is described in the same language as Noah's ark is described in Genesis. So the ark that saved and brought salvation to, to Noah and his family here brings salvation and safety to Moses, brings protection because love, come on, protects always, always. You know, what was the basket for Moses? What was the basket? What was the ark? It was a place of safety. It was a place of salvation. It was a place of freedom from the threat of death. It was a place of restoration. It was a place of redemption. And we can point forward to Jesus and say that Jesus is a place of safety. Jesus asks us to put our all in him, just like Moses was put into the ark, surrounded, covered, safe protected a protective covered basket she made it waterproof and she tried to cover every precaution in order to protect Moses but then she put it in the reeds along the bank of the river Nile she did everything she could to protect that baby and then she puts it in the same river that the other baby boys were being thrown into their death Bit of a picture there, isn't there? He was placed, not thrown. He was covered, not vulnerable and afraid. He was placed, but it was still a dangerous place. The River Nile is not an easy place to be. So Moses' mum did all that she could, but then she put her son into the hands of God because love protects and love trusts. Yeah? Protection and trust go hand in hand. She did all that she could to protect and do what she could for her son. But she put him into the hands of her God who she trusted. She put him into the hands of the God who she knew would take care one way or another. You know, I once failed to protect Joel. I'm going to admit this this morning. You'll be shocked and horrified. But when Joel was younger, we went on holiday to, I think it was Fuerteventura in the Canary Islands. And on the last night of our holiday, we went down into the old town, and all week I had been looking at the crepe stand, okay? Anyone else like pancakes? Oh, yes. I've got a weakness for pancakes. I know it's hard to tell, okay? 
the diet does start tomorrow, honest, really. And you can hold me to it. If you see me eating anything I shouldn't, slap it out of my hand, honest. Okay? But we went down to this playground, and next to the playground was a crepe cellar. And I love crepes. Oh, so good. And Roz and Joel and Chloe, Chloe was probably only about three at the time, and uh, they, Joel and Chloe were happily playing on the park, and Roz went, why don't you get yourself a crepe? I had permission. I had permission to go and get a crepe. Why don't you go and get yourself? You've wanted a crepe all week. Go and get a crepe. So I went, okay, there was a massive queue. So I stand in this massive queue waiting for that moment. I can taste that sweet goodness. And uh, as I get to the front of the queue, I ask what I want. It was probably a crepe with marshmallows and chocolate spread or something nice like that. If you've not tried it, don't judge, okay? And just as I hand my money over, the man's about to hand me my crepe. I hear this, Johnny! And it was Ross. Joel had climbed up the steps of a slide and was literally falling headfirst off the top of the slide onto the floor below, which wasn't safety tarmac like they have in schools. It was tiled ground. So I stood there. What should my first thought have been? Because love protects. I was protecting my crepe, I have to say. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Honestly, in my mind, I froze because I could see in my one hand Joel needed me, but in the other hand, the man was about to hand this thing, and I'd waited so long to get my crepe. And I thought, well, Roz is over there. She can, she can catch him. Doesn't need just me, but Chloe was in the swings. So Roz was loving and protecting Chloe. And I have to hold my hands up. And Joel came home from that holiday with a very big bump on his head. Because I didn't protect Joel. I was too busy thinking about me. But love protects. And God is love. And God is love. And I trusted God that we would get home okay on that holiday after I'd failed to protect. But I loved, and oh, I do love Joel. Roz was probably taking photos, in fairness. That's, you know, that's her thing. I love crepes. Roz loves photos. If you ever get lost with Roz when you're walking along and you can't find her, she'll be there clicking away, clicking away. Anyone with Facebook will know that she posts photos galore. But actually, I failed to protect. And because I failed to protect, I've never forgotten it. And I wouldn't do that again, I don't think. I don't think I've done that again, have I? No, that's okay. I can honestly say I've not done that again. But you know, God never has his hands full. God never is waiting for something else to happen before he sees to you. Because God always protects. God always is worth trusting. God perseveres with you and with me. And God is our hope. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. God never has his hands full. You know... Moses' mom did all that she could. She did everything she could, but then placed Moses into the hands of gods. What was there in the Nile? Well, in the Nile, there's crocodiles, dangerous animals, other things. In the Nile, there was dangerous currants. I don't mean fruit and raisins. I'm thinking about crepes again. In the Nile and alongside the Nile were dangerous people, people who wanted to kill Israelites, dangerous situations. But Moses' mom did all that she could and gave God all that she had and trusted him. If Moses had been found, they would know he was a Jew. He would be circumcised, so he would be marked. He would be recognized as one of God's people. He would be known as being one of the Israelites. But love protects and love go hand in hand. We can't protect and not trust. And we can't trust and not protect. Verse 4 goes on to say, His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. 
Even more protection, not just doing all that she could with the baby, sending somebody who also was probably put at danger and risk on her own by the side of the river to oversee what was going on. Somebody who watches out for him. She trusted God to do what he could. Verse 5 to the end of this story says this, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. If this was EastEnders, you'd stop there till the next episode. This is Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh has issued the demand to have these baby boys killed. And his daughter pulls Moses out of the Nile. What is going to happen? Do, 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 do. Okay? But what happens? She has compassion. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter. There's boldness there, isn't there? There's trust from Moses' sister. Why is the trust from Moses' sister? Because she's seen it in her mother. Why is the trust from Moses' sister? Because she's seen it in her family. And Moses' sister says, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? (laughs) Yes, go, Pharaoh's daughter answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. In other words, returned him back home. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. Double blessing. Paid for looking after her own son. Blessed because she trusted. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. That story is quite incredible. Short little pictures of it look absolutely ridiculous or they might look really dangerous or they might look like it's not ended well even as we get to verse 10 we see that Moses is no longer with his family he still had to go back to the palace if we stop there it's not the best ending is it his mum has still lost her child but then actually fast forward a few few years and that child saves a saves a nation that child saves a nation because One person loved always, protected her son, and trusted the God she loved. Because love always does those things. You've stopped now. It's all right. Don't worry. It was more than she could have hoped for. It was more than she could have expected. Do you know what are the characteristics of Moses' mum? She never gave up. Love persevered. She never gave up. She never stopped looking out for her son. She just didn't wrap him in cotton wool and keep him hidden. Can you imagine keeping him hidden until he was in his 30s, 40s? You know, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? But she always trusted, never gave up, never stopped looking for him. And Moses' mum shows this love. She doesn't just say it, though, does she? She demonstrates it. She demonstrates this love that always does those things. Was the ending perfect? Not in the short term. Pharaoh's daughter ends up with a son, as I say. It's not what she wanted, but it was better than him being killed at birth, wasn't it? Better than what could have happened. But the big picture is Moses was used to rescue all of God's people. As we come towards the end this morning, what are we most protective of? You know, I've talked from a father and a son's perspective or a daughter, 
But actually, what are you most protective of in your life? It might be your time. Maybe you're most protective of your time and you're unwilling to do everything you can to give some of that. Maybe you're most protective of your lifestyle. Maybe sometimes God challenges you. It might be on your giving. It might be on how you live. But you say, oh, do you know what? I don't want to stop that. I want to protect that lifestyle at all costs. I want to do whatever I can to stop God getting his hands on that. When God says, actually, no, give it to me. Trust me. Trust me with it. Look at what happened to Moses. He was trusted into God's hands. And he became a rescuer. He became a leader. He became what he was meant to be. Maybe you're protective of your opinions. Maybe you're unwilling to change your mind on things. Maybe you're protective of your opinions on people. Maybe you're unwilling to, to keep going. Maybe you've forgiven more than seven times. And maybe you've decided, no, that's enough. Maybe you're protective of your attitude. Maybe you're protective of your family. Maybe you're protective of your rights. Love always protects. That means it covers. It rescues. It saves. It does all it can. And it puts its all in God's hands. And it always trusts him. The last two parts of this always is hopes and perseveres. Because those two go hand in hand as well. Love always hopes for the best outcome and doesn't give up when things look bleak. There might be people speaking into your situation who are saying, just give up. You know, can you imagine Moses' mum's friends? She's got this baby hidden in the house somewhere that she's having to keep it quiet and stop it from crying, having to hide the fact that there's a baby there. You can imagine some of her friends going, just, you're not going to get away with this. Just pack it in. Give up now. Can you imagine that? But she didn't. She kept going. Love perseveres. It doesn't throw in the towel. It doesn't give up when things are looking bad. What are we trusting God for today? Because love always trusts. What are we hoping for this new year? What are our hopes? What are our dreams? And what part of them are we giving to God? Because it needs to be all of them. It needs to be all of them. Where are we seeing no hope? Because God's story is always full of hope. It's always full of surprises. His word promises it because it always hopes. God is love. There's always hope. You know, my father-in-law has an incurable cancer. And we weren't supposed to see Christmas with him. But yet, we hoped we would. And we have done. And we've enjoyed a trip to Edinburgh. He's been out tarmacking the road. It's mental. Because love always hopes. Does that mean that we believe that um, that's it forever? No, because we know in this life, all of us will eventually perish. But there is an eternal hope. And the one thing that we're grateful for is that as he's been on a short break to Scotland with us where he walked around Rosslyn Chapel, he's ticked things off his bucket list. Rosslyn Chapel, he's been to see it. Yesterday, he bought his own jumper that he chose. There you go. That's a bucket list item. <laughs> but even as the immediate future isn't good, the big picture is full of hope. The immediate picture isn't great, 
The big picture is full of hope. Why? Because he has a hope for an eternity full of love. He has a hope for an eternity full of love. He has nothing to be afraid of. He has nothing because he... You know, as I've sat with him and seen him over these last few days, I can see God at work in him. I I think he's probably more patient than he's been, actually. But actually, there is a hope because love perseveres always. You know, Jesus knew he was heading for death on a cross. Jesus knew he was having to give his life up for others. Did he throw the towel in and go, no, you're not worth it? No, no. He kept going because he knew there was a hope of Sunday coming. It might be Friday. Friday was a dark day. Friday when the heavens turned dark and the curtain ripped in two. Friday when Jesus died and breathed his last. Friday when they put him down in the tomb. When all his disciples and his followers were disappointed, disillusioned, disgruntled and thinking that was it. Friday was a black, dark day, a really bleak time. But Jesus knew Sunday was coming. Jesus knew Sunday was coming. He had a hope. Hope isn't just wishing for something. A hope involves us doing. You know, Moses' mum hoped that Moses would survive. But she didn't just leave it to somebody else to sort out. She did what she could and gave it to God. And those two things combined saw hope and perseverance. Jesus kept heading to his appointment with the cross because he did it for you and he did it for me. And he did it for you and he did it for me. And he kept heading for his appointment with the cross because it was the punishment he took that we deserve. Why? Because love always protects. And God knew the only way to protect us was to give his son to die for us. Love always trusts. He knew by the Holy Spirit he'd be raised to life again. Love always hopes because although dark Friday was not good, Sunday was around the corner. Love always perseveres. You know, those terrified and disappointed disciples became the fearless, brave, bold followers who went to their deaths preaching and proclaiming the Jesus that rose again, knowing that anything their government did to them didn't matter because Jesus was eternal. His hope was more important. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, my life is worth the living. Why? Just because he lives. Great song, I'll say that again. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because Jesus rose again, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. Life is worth the living. Why? Because he lives. It's not worth the living because Liverpool might win the league this year. Although that's quite good. It's not worth the living because... I get to spend time in this lovely building. It's worth the living. Why? Because he lives. And if we suddenly get our heads around that in 2020, if we grasp that, 
We can do all we can to protect our relationships with each other, but we need to protect our relationship with the risen Savior. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Let me ask this. Are we doing all we can to protect those that are vulnerable? Are we doing all that we can to protect those in our family? Are we doing all that we can to give to God and trust him with what he's given us in our hands? As we reach 2020, let us remember this. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. Well done to those who got to the end, my good and faithful servants. I'm joking. (laughs) But as we come to an end, what I'd like to do just to finish this off is this. I've talked about hope. There are people in this room who have stories of hope. I'm not asking you to share them. Even though we have a situation in our family that feels a bit hopeless at times, we know that Christ in him is the hope of glory. There is a hope. I know there are people in this room who have a hope in their lives because they've turned away from class A drugs to a saviour who wants more for them. I know there are people in this room who've got through bereavement because Jesus has been with their side in all of it. I know there are people in this room whose life is worth living because they've said, yes, he lives and he lives in me. I just want to encourage us today, okay? And I don't want you to feel discouraged by this. If you believe you've got a story of hope in your whole life, stand up now. Just stand up. Look at that. If you believe you've got a story of hope in your life, it's because Jesus lives If you haven't got a hope this morning, then speak to one of these people. Get them to pray for you as we worship. Get them to turn to you and say, I want to pray with you. Because it's not about these people. It's about him in these people. It's about how they have faced diversity. And, you know, these people will tell you at this moment, it might still look like Good Friday. But Sunday's around the corner. It may look like the day is dark. It may look like nothing can happen that gets any better. But Sunday is coming when he is risen. And he is coming again. There's stories of hope in this place. I know there are people who haven't stood up who have a story of hope as well, but it's just not what they do. But what I want to say to you this morning is don't give up. As we start a new year, don't give up. Why? Because love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, and love always perseveres. Amen. Please sit down. We might not always feel it. We might not always feel hopeful. But can I ask you, in those times, the most important person to turn to is the one who is the hope. Not the ones who will just give you hopeless information. The one who will fill your life with hope. We're going to worship. Um, we're going to spend some time. And if you want prayer this morning, please do. I was given a word this morning before we started from somebody. And if it, reply, if, if it applies to you, then just go to the prayer team and pray. So This is a picture for someone here. A person crawling and digging their knees and fingers into sand. It's hard work and tiring. If only they would turn over, lie on their back, be still and look up. 
the verses from Isaiah that talk about rising on eagles' wings and running and not going tired come to mind. I feel it's saying that some people are trying in our own strength. We work harder than we need to, but we need to be still and know that I am God. If that's you this morning, then go for prayer. But maybe you don't know that hope. Maybe you're in a hopeless situation. Go for prayer. Maybe you're full of hope and you just want to thank God. Go for prayer. Respond. There are people, Raymond, there's Liam, there's Becca, there's others who will pray with you if there's a queue. Just make it obvious that's what you want to do. The rest of us, we're not going to watch you. We're just going to praise Jesus. We're going to lift his name. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Thanks, Marie.